What we've been doing on Sunday nights the last several weeks is just going through some lists, uh, some progressions in the Bible where it gives us uh, direction and uh, how things ought to happen. And tonight is uh, what the Bible says about thinking. Um, There is so many uh, minds that are just simply troubled in this day and time. And we never ever, uh, I never ever as a pastor, want to make light of the difficulties people have. And one of the things that this is uh, documented, it's something that people work on and all this, is there are problems with thinking patterns in the human mind. Uh, We develop patterns, we develop processes of which we think about things, and uh, probably one of the greatest examples in in our little church here is if you've ever met Peter, you know he just thinks too much. Uh, I mean, he can think about things. He said, well, I like to get outside. This is my oldest son, if you don't know. He says, I just like to get outside of it and walk all the way around and think all the way around it. And I said, son... How about we just get it done? Amen? Uh, But I can't do it if I don't understand it. I said, that's not true. You do things every day you don't understand. Uh, And, uh, of course, uh, that is in good humor. And God has given Peter the ability to think. And we're praying that he's going to use that in studying and and preaching and teaching. And, uh, but... I'll tell you what, you can get in an awful lot of trouble thinking too much about things. How many of you have ever tried to think what someone else was thinking only to find out that they weren't thinking what you were thinking? They were thinking because it was a big mess. Amen? Uh, You can get into an awful lot of trouble here. and, And this is actually part of another list that we probably won't cover in our series on list in the Bible. But I just want to go through it very quickly. In chapter 1, I mean, verse 1 of chapter 4, we're told to stand fast. In in verse 2, we're told to get along. Verse 3, we're told to help others. Verse 4, we're told to rejoice in the Lord. Verse 5, boy, this is one we could spend the whole evening on. Let your moderation be known unto all men. Uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 says we ought to pray. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about it. Pray about it. Verse 7 says, If we'll do those things, the peace of God will keep our hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Through Christ Jesus, I'm sorry. Then verse 8 tells us how to think. And verse 9 says, Don't just think, obey. And so I want us to center right on verse 8 and, and, and read along quite silently as I read out loud. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think... On these things. Now, how many of you are immediately struck with the fact that you've been thinking about things that don't match this list? 
And we wonder why we have the, the difficulties we do. It's, let's just go down through. It says, whatsoever things are true. Now, I looked all these words up just to make double sure. And uh, I'm going to read some of the definitions, or most of them to you. Uh, these are out of the Oxford English Dictionary. Uh, it says, of persons steadfast in adherence to a commander or friend, to a principle or cause, one's, to one's promises, faith, etc. Firm in allegiance, faithful, loyal, constant, trusting. And then afterwards, it says, somewhat archaic. Meaning that we don't use that word in modern English in the way that it was originally intended. And of course, if there's anything that is archaic in our society that's used, outdated, I mean unused, outdated, and ignored, uh, it's something that is true. Amen? Steadfast adherence. Hey guys, can we put the papers away? Thank you. Um, staying true to your promises. You know, the Bible says that our words, our communication, ought to be yea and nay. It means when we say yes, it ought to get done. When we say no, we mean no. Uh, oftentimes my children will say, but Dad, that no was yesterday. How about today? And I say, how about no forever? You don't mean that, do you really? That's the way, and again, uh, often put this out, the reason God gives us children to help us understand what He has to put up with from us. Amen? And the simple thing is, whatsoever things are true, just how many things do we allow in our hearts, in our lives, in our thought processes to absorb our, our time and our emotion that have nothing to do with being obedient to the Scriptures. That have nothing to do with staying faithful and firm in our allegiance. It says, finally, brethren, here's the end of it. If, if you're going to think about something, think about something that is true. Think about those things that are going to help keep you in the Word of God. I remember talking with Brother Sam Davison one time, and he was just talking about preaching, and he said, listen, he said, I, I don't understand this. He said, preachers have all kinds of hobbies. He said, my hobby is preaching. He said, that's what I think about when I don't, and I'll tell you what, if you've ever heard Brother Davison preach, I was talking to someone, they said, I'm not sure whether I heard Brother Sam preach or not. I said, you've not heard him preach. Because if you had... You would remember it. Amen? And I'm sorry if you haven't heard him preach. Uh, we do have some tapes, I think, we can, or MP3s we can get you a copy of. But truly, 
one of the greatest living preachers in our day. And uh, it's a wonderful thing to call him a friend. But do you know why he preaches the way he does? Because he thinks about it all the time. It's part of who he is. And Paul is talking not to preachers. He's talking to the Christians, to those who want to serve Christ. And he says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. I mean, maybe we ought to just get out a true tester. Wouldn't it be wonderful if things started, we started uh, really contemplating something and, and thinking about it? Is, it? is it true? You know what? Uh, you really can't spend much time thinking about politics and politicians if you're going to have this test. Because nothing of what they say is true. Uh, it's not going to help you, and it's not meant to help them other than to, most of them, line their pockets, I guess. Uh, what the whole thing is, I'm not quite sure. But you get so tangled up in this, in what's going on in the world, that you can't serve the Lord. Whatsoever things are true. Now, the next one makes it even more difficult. Whatsoever things are honest. You say, but isn't honest and true the same thing? Well, let me read you the definition. Of persons held in honor, holding an honorable position, respectable, and then after that follows the notation, obscure. Meaning that it's not used very often. When we think of honest and true, usually we put those two words together, but they do mean different things. Something that is true is something that helps hold to the position. Something that is honest is something that is above a normal character. Something that is above the standard, held in honor. It's something that is respectable, something that should be lifted up. So, we start with true and honest, and that leads us to the third. Whatsoever things are just. you got to listen to this definition. That does what is morally right, righteous, just before or with God, or simply just. Righteousness in the sight of God, justified, now chiefly as a biblical archaism. It says that word is only used in the Bible when it talks about archaic, that's ignored, old, unused things. Uh, The Oxford English Dictionary says that this idea of just is not part of, of modern-day English. Isn't that an indictment against who and what we are? And, and yet, Paul said, listen, whatsoever things are true, that's helping hold fast to the principles, to the promises, to the faith that we had. Whatsoever things are honest, These are things that we can hold in honor. These are things that we can lift up and say, yes, 
This is above the norm. This is above and beyond the call of duty, as we might say. Then just that which is or does morally right. The idea of being right with God. When was the last time you had a just thought? Oh yeah, I was in church this morning. Okay, we'll give you that one. Uh, When I read my Bible this week. Okay. But I, I want to tell you this idea of just thinking. It doesn't happen naturally. You've got to kind of make it happen. In fact, even the authors of the Oxford English Dictionary understand that it's really uh, not in modern use. Uh, but it should be. Amen. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just. And then we get to the next one. Whatsoever things are pure. Now, pure just simply means unmixed. If you have... It says, not mixed with anything else, free from admixture or adulteration... Unmixed, unalloyed, often qualifying names of colors, not mixed with or not having in or upon it anything that defiles, corrupts, impairs, unsullied, untainted, clean, visibly or optically clear, spotless, stainless. Well, I I like that Oxford English Dictionary. I mean, it makes you stop and think about this. But as I was looking at this and and looking at the word pure, I remember taking a class actually in Bible college on psychology. And the professor that taught the class was a very educated man and, and, and wanted to serve the Lord and all of these things. And... I remember him giving us a test, and in one of the tests, it had this question that went basically like this. If you are seeking answers to help people with psychological problems, you should find the answers in A, the Bible alone. B, psychology books alone. C, the Bible And psychology books together. Now, what do you think the answer was supposed to be? Well, it was supposed to be C. But I got that question wrong. On purpose. Because Sigmund Freud can't help you think godly. You see, that's what pure means. It means without mixture. Some people get upset at me because I'm ranting and raving about all this new, quote, it's not new, it's been around longer than I have, the Christian rock music that's in churches. Why don't I like it? Well, right here, it's not pure. I'm going to the world to learn what they're doing and I'm bringing it into the church. It's no longer pure. By the way, don't put Beethoven in my hymns. Because Beethoven wrote every piece of music to the praise of Beethoven. 
I don't want that music here. You know why? Because it's not pure. Give me a Fanny Crosby hymn any day. You know why? She wrote her music to please the Lord. You can have good music written the wrong way. Just like you can have bad music with good words or good intent. Neither one of them is any good. I mean, if I had good food with just a little bit of poison in it, I would think my wife's trying to collect on my life insurance policy. Right? And if you eat bad food with a lot of good seasoning on it, guess what? You're going to get sick. I mean, you just are. There's no way to get around it. What we need is something pure. Could we use these things as filters? As this bank of information or tidal wave, we might say. I mean... uh, Somebody said this, and I borrowed it off of them, and I mean, it's, it's true. I have more information stored on my cell phone than my grandfather dealt with in his entire life. My grandfather was born in 1888. He died in 1966. He was an immigrant from Italy and became a coal miner here in in America, in uh, central Pennsylvania. Uh, He spoke some English, uh, and, and he called it English. Everybody else said you could hardly understand what he said, but I mean, he tried hard, and he just didn't have to deal with all the stuff that we have to deal with today. You got your Bible is about one megabyte of information. Now stop and think about that. One million bits of information is about what your Bible is. My phone has 16 gigabyte. And that's just my phone. The computer's got I don't even remember. I think it's 750 gigabyte or something like that. And then, then, you know, there's not enough room on the hard drive, so you have to have the little ancillary drive beside that to hold all the things that you don't really want to keep on your hard drive. I mean, it's insane. How do we sort through all this stuff? Well, let's try. Whatsoever is true. What's going to keep me on the right course? Honest, just, pure. And by the way, you won't get into trouble with the next one if you have the first four right. Whatsoever things are lovely. You say, oh, I know lots of lovely things. Well, here's the definition. Loving, kind, and affectionate. That's what the word lovely means. You know, we could use a great deal of kindness in our world. Sometimes we say things that are true. 
They're just not kind. And we need to work on this. And the Bible tells us that these are the things that we ought to think about. And we've got just a few more, and I'll try not to be long tonight, but we want to get through this. So, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely. What brings kind and kindness and affection? How many of you have ever thought mean thoughts about another person in this room. Now, don't raise your hand on that. But you all know that's happened. Because anytime you get two people together, I mean, it happens with, between husbands and wives. You know, the Bible says, if you make it lovely, get rid of the unkind thoughts. I remember a couple years ago, you wouldn't know who these people are, and if you think I'm talking about you, I'm not. Uh, but they came, and I said, I want you to get out a pen and paper, and this is your homework this week. I want you to write five things that are positive about your spouse every day. Does it have to be five different things? Uh, yeah. Can I repeat? No. How in the world am I going to do that? That was the response. Uh, needless to say, that's why they were having problems in the marriage. Because they weren't thinking lovely things. You know, we, we've got to work on that. We've got to discipline our minds to kindness. Now, this next one says, of a good report. Now, how many of you like to bring home your report cards to show your parents? You said, yeah, I love bringing home my report card because it was a good one. How many of you had something bad on your report card? How many forged your parents' signatures on your report card? No, don't answer that but of a good report. You know, we can justify things in our minds and in our hearts that we want to do. But when we have to discipline ourselves to something that is of a good report, guess what? That opens up the definition to not, I don't own the dictionary. If it's of a good report, that simply means that there's going to be other people that agree with me that I haven't brainwashed that this is a good thing. Does that make sense? If you're the only one that thinks it's good, it's not of a good report. It ought to be easily recognizable as something good. It ought to be something, the word good just simply means having an adequate degree of those properties which a thing or kind ought to have. Isn't that an interesting way of putting it? If it is good pizza, it ought to taste like pizza. It ought not have pineapple on it. Or vegetables. 
It ought to have meat and cheese and sauce. Because that's what pizza's made out of. Now, they do all this other stuff. It's just not good pizza, all right? Because that's not the way it ought to be. I'm sorry. Um, You have your pizza any way you want. But it's having an adequate degree of those properties which it ought to have. Somebody said, is there any such thing as good poison? Absolutely. It kills fast. That's good poison. If you're a good shot, that means the bullets go in the middle of the target. Not the middle of the target in the next column beside you. Uh, It ought to be what you are aiming at. If it's a good report, then the reputation, the fame, the repute of that thing ought to be what it ought to be. Now, do we have to spend a whole lot of time defining what God thinks is good? No, probably not. In fact, we know what God thinks is good. And sometimes we ignore it. And that's why we have troubled minds. Of a good report. If there be be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Virtue, the power or operative influence inherent in a supernatural or divine being. That's the Oxford English Dictionary, not a Bible dictionary. It says that virtue is a power or operative influence that God has in your life. That's actually a very biblical definition of the word virtue as it is used in our King James Bible. You see, what we think about ought to influence us unto godliness. And if it isn't, then it's time to get out the thinker remover and take it out of your thought process. Amen? It's time to work on these things. And, and I've, I've had people over the years that, that want to argue about certain things and say, you know, there's, there's no verse in the Bible that says, thou shalt not smoke. Well, talk to Mayor Bloomberg. I mean, he finds it everywhere, right? Uh, but the simple truth of the matter is, If there be any praise, here's the answer. Can you open up a pack of cigarettes and say, thank you, Jesus, for what's in here? I'm going to bring glory to God by lighting up one of these things and smoking it. You know what? You can't do that. You can't do it with a Budweiser or a glass of wine or... A dirty movie or a clean Hollywood movie. I mean, there are so many things in our life that have no praise in them. And when we allow these things in our hearts and in our lives, it's going to break the pattern that is here. 
How many of you want the peace of God that passes all understanding to keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus? I'll tell you what I do. Uh, That's verse 7. I think, or verse 6. No, verse 7. We've been going through verse 8. How many of you want the God of peace to be with you? Uh, That's verse 9. You know, our minds control an awful lot that goes into our hearts. In fact, the Bible tells us to meditate on God's Word. Now, that meditation there is not the same as sitting with your legs crossed, making weird sounds, trying to drown out the world. When the Bible tells us to meditate, the Bible is telling us to think about the Scriptures, but to think about them to the point to where they stop rotating up here and they start changing things down here. That's what biblical meditation is. It's where God's Word starts changing what my heart desires. And that's not going to happen if I don't put on the thinking filter. Now, here's the filter. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. You know what? That doesn't... Somebody said, but there's nothing to think about if I do that. Well, there's not a lot of worldly things to think about. And I am tired of hearing, well, if you're not careful, you're going to be so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Let me tell you, you're going to spend a whole lot more time in heaven than you're here on earth. If you're going to be useless somewhere, be useless to the devil. Amen? Ask God to help you. Now, I want you to understand something as we go through this pattern. I'm not standing up here and saying, I've got this all in order, every thought, just the way it ought to be. No, this is a challenge to each and every one of us to allow God to change what we think about, how we think about it, and the way we process information. You just can't think about everything. How many of you have ever had this happen? You turn on one radio station and listen to one guy tell you something that happened. And then you turn on another radio station and you hear someone else talk about the very same thing. And there is absolutely no way in your mind that you can collate what this person said about the event with the things that this person said about the event. Has anybody ever had that happen? I mean, it it does all the time if you go back and forth and, and listen to different opinions. How in the world do you know what to believe 
about what's going on in the world. Here's the simplest way. Match it up with this book. You know, so often you'll find out everybody's wrong. And that's okay as long as God is right. And all God's people said, Heavenly Father, I just pray tonight that you would help us be mindful of what we allow in our minds, of what we think about, of how we think about what we think about. Lord, these words were put in here for a purpose. They were put in here for direction and instruction. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be instructed by the Word of God. That we may have that peace that keeps our hearts and minds. That the God of peace may be with us as we go through this life. In Jesus' name we pray. And before we finish that prayer, we'll just keep our heads bowed and eyes closed for a moment. If you need to slip out of your seat and spend a little time at the altar.